You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. got back from a journey it's time to take another journey we're gonna journey into mystery as we go down memory lane to 2002 and watch blade 2 in some places bloodlust that's right there is a there is a uh man i was doing so well there is a subtitle to this movie that most people don't know about i watched it three times this weekend and i didn't even know that was the i didn't even know that was the subtitle (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know that until like it showed up on like sci-fi channel one time and it said blade Two bloodlust. I was like, wait, what? There's no subtitle on blade Two. If you go look at the IMDB page, it says blade Two bloodlust down at the very bottom for like alternative titles. Is, oh, wow. Is blade three called blade three this time with triple H <laughs> <laughs> this time with the cerebral assassin. <laughs> wait, it's was that him? Game. That was him, right? Yeah. The game. Yeah. Uh, the Cerebral Assassin, the game, Hunter, Hearst Helmsley there himself. There you go. <laughs> I can't That's some wait good to callbacks to wrestling. I like that. Blade yep. Trinity. Uh, uh, so before we get into this actual episode, because uh, when we were just kind of chatting shit before we started uh, recording up here at the top, I told Mitch that I had to recount a story from this past weekend. Those that don't know... It was Mitch's bachelor party this weekend, because if you didn't know, he's engaged, and that's going to be a great time. So we went to celebrate with him, and we were at dinner on the very first night, and Mitch was less than sober, I should say, and he looks at me. We're sitting next to each other at dinner, and he looks at me, and he goes, I have to tell you something, and I was like, oh, no. Like, are, did I do something? Did I offend somebody? He goes, it's not bad. Never mind. Never mind. I'm going to ruin the mood. I, I Never mind. I was like, Mitch, just, just tell me. Like, you can't go. I had to tell you something and then back out of it. Like, I don't get use your words, you drunk shit. Uh, <laughs> and he looks at me. He goes, I don't want this to be weird. So I don't want to, like, ruin anything. And I was like, just tell me, Mitch. He goes, you're very proportional. <laughs> it's like what do you mean he goes you're very tall but you're just so proportional and i i don't remember the exact words you used there but it's like you're very like proportional and i appreciate that about you (laughs) (laughs) well i did have other friends that were there this past weekend and I, i i tend to make friends with very nice giants and uh i I brought the other two up to be like look look at them they're gangly they're tall and gangly you are also tall but proportionate and i appreciate that (laughs) so maybe it was the other two that i should have like said it's gonna be weird first that that's a good point though I, i never thought of that mitch but yes that is true. Ian is not gangly at all. He is a very proportionate man. <laughs> they please. But um, yeah, that, that, that's one of my favorite. That That's my favorite Mitch interaction that I had 
this weekend because it was right at the top of the weekend and that was just like this this is how it's gonna go this that, is gonna be drunk i love everybody mitch yeah, yep that that's that that was just the precedent for the weekend it was it's how to start it off i guess that and towards the end of the night on the last night mitch was again less than sober and um just a million times so i appreciate you for being here and god damn it i love you and I don't, I don't think you understand the amount of respect I have for you. <laughs> I remember saying that and, a lot too. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not talking shit. It's absolutely beautiful, and it was just the most wholesome thing, and it was great. So anyway, now that we've gotten that out of the way, <laughs> so there was our first journey. <laughs> yep, that was a quick little tangent because I, I love that story, and I just had to share it. But we're talking about Blade 2. We're talking about vampires and Wesley Snipes and uh, Ron Perlman and a bunch of people that I would recast. So, <laughs> But before we, before, first, before we get into Blade 2, we're going to talk about a little bit of MCU stuff. We got a new trailer. We got the trailer for Eternals coming out in November. What oh, do the damn. both of you think of this movie? I just want to say off the top, like, I'm all for this movie. I'm going to go watch it. I'm going to probably love every second of it, all this cast. But I don't think it's going to be nearly as good as any of the other Marvel movies. Just like, it just seems so different. I don't want to say not as good. It's definitely going to be something that people aren't expecting. I feel like it's it seems so different than anything else that we've seen in the MCU so far. And it's going to be like, people are going to be like, what is this? And I really think that's 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 true. Like, I know we got Guardians of the Galaxy, which a lot of people don't know the story of. I don't know the story of, like, before the movie came out, which the movie isn't really follow a lot of the Guardians of the Galaxy comic books, as I understand. But, like, we all kind of love that movie now, right? Like, the, it, well, other than Ian, because that movie got played a lot for him, for him, them. Yeah, that movie was, I was working at the Plasma Center at the time. And we watched a lot of movies, and my boss at the time was like, this movie is the greatest movie ever made. So we just like watched it on loop, and it, I don't hate it. I'm just over it, if that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> that makes absolute sense. But what do you both think of uh, Eternals? I'm I'm re-watching it real quick to make sure that I have it because I watched it when you texted me earlier. That was also at work. So <laughs> come back to me. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, I watched this when it dropped just because I was on Twitter and, of course, made sure you're very good about posting, you know, whenever a new trailer comes out. And so I check it out. And, God, I completely agree with you with what you said. I think... MCU, they haven't done us wrong yet. I think they have a vision for what they're trying to do. I feel the reason they're coming out with this movie is so that they can set something up, whatever that's going to be. And this is a very interesting and stellar cast of characters. And it's like, I'm so intrigued on the actors more so than who they're playing. I don't know anything about the Eternals. And so it's one of those things where watching the trailer, I got to kind of see some of the personalities come out. I liked how um, 
Richard Madden, again, Richard Madden. I love Richard Madden. I think he's a great actor. I loved him in Game of Thrones. Rob Stark was my favorite character. And so seeing him playing, I believe, Icarus looks cool. And I think he's going to have like a, a one of those outstanding roles. I think he's going to be really important. Um, and I like how it's showing that he has a relationship with, I forget the name of the actress. Gemma Chan. But she's also, yes. With, who did she, did she play someone else in the, in the universe before? Yeah, she was part of the Star Force with um, uh, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel. Okay, thank you. And so I'm I'm very excited about seeing that dynamic, and then we see all of these other characters doing their own thing, and it all culminates to like all of these like through time we can see things changing, and then the music swells. So I don't know what they're doing with this movie, but I think it's going to be really pretty, and I'm I'm all for it because it has Salma Hayek and it has Richard Madden and it has Kit Harington, and so for me that's enough to make me go all right, let's check it out. And I feel that when I don't really have a lot of expectations, the movies tend to do well. And that's kind of where I'm at. That's where I'm for it right now. And I just rewatched it and I was like, is that Kit Harrington? And I'm glad that you clarified that for me. So thank you. I uh, have been watching the memes very closely on how this is going and I really enjoy all of the memes around like <laughs> everything happening in the MCU, the Eternals and they're just like over somewhere else minding their own business like it doesn't really <laughs> matter. Um <clears throat> like the one it's a video of like a dude eating something in like a hurricane. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like the MCU is the hurricane and the Eternals are just like all right. <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> I saw one today um, where it was uh they show it showed um uh Robert Downey Jr. in the top, so his Tony Stark. It said when one Stark falls, two will replace him and it has you know, <laughs> Jon Snow and Rob Stark Stark. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's um, genius. Um I'm also really excited to see uh Camille Mangiani in this. Yep. Because dude got yoked. For this, for this crazy yoke, and I don't know much of the story going on here. I feel like that's my answer a lot of the time, and I'm sorry, but um, I don't know a lot of the story going on here. But it looks really pretty. It has a very pretty cast, so I'm gonna see it. And I really don't have any expectations going into it, aside from the Marvel threshold, and that threshold being. Is it better than Thor the Dark World? <laughs> if it's better than Thor the Dark World, we didn't miss. I think that's fair. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, I loved I loved like that there's not a lot of talking throughout most of the trailer. It's just I believe Selma Hayek kind of doing a narration throughout the whole thing. Explaining, you know, how they've been there forever, and then they don't they don't interfere. But then we get to the end of the trailer after they show Eternals, and uh, what is it the the younger God character is like? Well, Steve Rogers is gone, and Iron Man is dead. Who's going to lead the Avengers, or who do you think is going to lead the Avengers? And was it? It's uh, Richard Madden as Icarus character is like, well, I could do it, and everybody just laughs in his face. Like as I understand it, like he's in the comic books, he's usually the the leader of the Eternals, but 
but I think they've changed it so many times that like that I think that's why that's the joke is that he's not really a good leader. <laughs> yeah. I saw some memes for that too, them talking about like, oh well we saw what happened at the Red Wedding, so you shouldn't be leading them. <laughs> so fucked. <laughs> uh I mean I the the Kamel Nanjani, I wish they I wish there had been more there and I wish there'd been more with the actor who was from um uh the zombie train movie the korean zombie train movie oh train to busan train to busan thank you yeah he's he's in the movie i just, i wish that he would have got to more more of a speaking in this trailer but this is very much a teaser trailer it is literally there just to be like hey you finally get to see something here it is like who who of this cast do you think goes down first which character rob stark <laughs> <laughs> straight up red wedding like i hate to say it i i don't want this to be the start of his sean bean career but you never know gonna be following that, that footsteps of his father uh, uh, no I, I don't think it'll be him i mean i don't that's hard I feel like we'll probably lose some of like the the stronger like some of the more well known like we're either gonna lose Angelina Jolie or Sam Hyatt first. I feel like we have to because those are just such big names, and then that kind of adds to the shock factor. Yeah, that's what I kind of felt too. I kind of feel like some or Angelina Jolie is not in the trailer a lot, but that could just be me. No, I felt the same way. Um, and and we know that Kit Harrington is playing. Dane Whitman, uh, the Black Knight, which I don't know how that plays into the Eternals. Um, I know the character originally has, well, at least the the Black Knight, not so much Dane Whitman, uh, the, but has the ties to uh, King Arthur times. He, he, he carries the Black Sword, the Cursed Sword. So how that plays out in this movie, can't wait to find out. Do you think that we're going to get I, obviously, they're showing them throughout time. Do you think we're going to see them in moments when they, when big big events were happening in the MCU, like specifically to the Avengers or other Avenger adjacent characters? I feel like people are expecting it, so I see how they. Why wouldn't they do that? Maybe not. Maybe not something super big, um, but maybe we see them during uh, the invasion of Manhattan from Avengers One. Okay. Or maybe when they're going off and they're fighting uh, Ultron, that's what I can kind of see happening. Um, or maybe just like little tidbits of like when talking about uh, Thor: The Dark World, right? Like, oh, did you know Thor's doing this? <laughs> and they call back to that movie that nobody liked. <laughs> so I mean, I, I don't really know. Uh, some people are speculating that we're going to see like a young Thanos, so that could be cool. Because Thanos has direct ties to the Eternals, right? Yeah. Do you know that that uh? how that works out i think he's half a half eternal half deviant okay i think deviant is like a subspecies of eternal that is more um like because he's the mad god titan mm -hmm. so it's kind of like the lesser or not as strong kind of like a bastardized version anything in the chat about the trailer uh magic bollock says that it looks great and that's all that he said about that um yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Other than 
if you know my sister at all, she's not really a fan of uh, superhero movies like this. Uh, so she had to announce that she finally did see uh, an Avengers film. Um, wow. <clears throat> and it was it was Age of Ultron. So which I feel like segues very nicely into the next piece of of Marvel news and that's the casting for Craven the Hunter which I have to make the joke because I told this I, I used the same joke on Mitch earlier was just I bet you didn't see that coming. Nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's right. Aaron and, Taylor Johnson who played Quicksilver in Age of Ultron is going to be playing Craven the Hunter in a Sony produced Craven the Hunter movie. Uh these Sony movies that are MCU adjacent, uh, as we're coming to find out, because the Morbius movie has Michael Keaton in it playing the Vulture, as we saw him from uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. So they all exist in the MCU universe, but we don't see we haven't seen them interact in a MCU movie or a more proper Marvel Studios MCU movie, I guess is the best way to put it. So, do we need to explain why Craven the Hunter and and uh, Quicksilver look the same or played by the same actor? Especially since Gemma Chan, as Rafa pointed out earlier, was also was uh, it was is going to be an internal and was a Star Force Cree. I I don't think we need to um, <clears throat> at this point. The MCU and now kind of by proxy the the backdoor Sony movies um, are they've been around long enough and they need the the actor pool. So if you've been multiple things, get over it. Um, <laughs> we need to be able to we need to be able to accept that you know Quicksilver's dead and now he's the dude is playing playing Craven. Um, the only thing I won't let you accept is the fact that he was kick ass and that movie was good until it wasn't. So <laughs> I mean that's kind of that's kind of how Mark Miller's work kind of goes. It's usually good until it's not. <laughs> um I I would have to say that I don't know if either one of you watched Tenant over last year or not, but his character in that movie is Definitely the reason why he won the role of Craven the Hunter in this movie because he's got he's got the burly beard he's got the over like over machismo like male alpha figure character going he's he's there to to be the wet team and kill anything that moves especially backwards through time so uh, I get it I get it why Craven he he got to be Craven the Hunter. I just want to know how a Craven movie is going to work without Spider-Man. So I honestly, I don't, if they decide to do Craven's last hunt, uh, and they decide to do Venom instead of Spider-Man, that's going to be strange, but to me might work. Especially if you take into account that in the in or the original Craven's Last Hunt storyline, the reason why he goes after Spider-Man is because he's dying from cancer, and he's like, "Well, I might as well take on the biggest game there is." He takes out Spider-Man. Spoilers for like a thirty-year-old story. He takes out Spider-Man, 
throws him into a, a, a grave, leaves him for dead, puts Spider-Man's suit on, and just starts going around beating the hell out of and killing burglars and and and, and uh, muggers and stuff. You know, giving Spider-Man a bad name until Spider-Man like digs his way out, crawls his way out of the grave like three year, three days later, and is like, "Wait a second, who's doing what now in my name?" And he goes to fight Craven. Craven beats him or is about to get beaten and Craven decides to kill himself instead. So if it's Venom, like the Venom suit could possibly keep Craven alive instead of, you know, uh making it so that he wants to or he's okay with dying kind of thing. This right. is going to transition them into to Venom 3 cuz then Aaron can be the new Venom, and then that can transition Tom Hardy to play Cyclops in the MCU. <laughs> that was quite the trans- transition there. That's what I want to see. So, <clears throat> to kind of to kind of get caught up on chat here, real quick, in regards to the description that you gave for Craven, Ten Speed says, "Stop describing yourself, Mitch. We get it." <laughs> <laughs> and I do have the uh, she also says 1960s batman reboot is all the superhero cinema we need honestly <laughs> full camp heavy dutch angles silly jokes everything <laughs> straight up pals that come right at you on the screen i just want the scene where he's running with the big bomb some days you just can't get rid of a bomb <laughs> I don't know where to put this bomb. I mean, oh, there was man. nuns over in one section. There was baby ducks in the other section. You know, you just can't throw a bomb anywhere. <laughs> Dark Batman is played out. Absolutely. Um, but I would love if this was the the setup, right? Craven is the setup for um symbiote spider-man because you know you to have him go and hunt venom for a little bit venom gets his ass kicked the symbiote is like nah i'm out i gotta go find somebody strong and then just like ditches eddie brock all together and the next thing you know it give us like an, an end credit scene of tom holland being like what the hell is this and he's like we are your suit now I like that'd be good. <laughs> Wouldn't be bad. I just want I want Tom Holland with the same like same shitty bangs from Spider Man Three. <laughs> I just I just feel like Sony doesn't know what they're doing. I mean, I feel like we all kind of have an idea of that. I mean, the characters that they're picking are just interesting. Like we're getting the the Morbius picture of cool. Did anybody want a Craven movie? I didn't. I don't really care. I mean, it might be good. I didn't want Venom. I ended up enjoying Venom, but not at its core being like an actual Venom film, but because it's more of like a buddy, buddy cop, best friend movie. <laughs> and that's not what the core of Venom even is. So it's like, I don't know. I think Sony is just throwing a bunch of their characters at the wall, hoping something sticks. Oh, yeah. And that- if they're going to do that, then they should have done Sandman. Because Sandman could be a really good horror film. And just like, oh, who let all this sand in my room? And then I'm going to get choked to death. Looks like somebody forgot the dust. (laughs) 
Yeah, as the Sony, tagline. Sony had to pay a lot of money for all those characters. I'm sure they're they're uh, doing everything they can to keep them all. Um, it, it's just it's. I think the hardest thing is to get into a movie about any one of these characters without Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man yeah. definitely is the thing that makes them interesting. I think like, I think Venom was probably your best bet. And I, I still didn't enjoy that movie. I, it's kind of like trying to do it. It's like if they were to go, so you know what we're going to give you guys, we're going to give you guys a rhino movie. <laughs> and I'm just like, how, how do I, how do I care about this without Spider-Man? Like, I don't. There's no point. Especially, like, in, in the in the way they did with Venom, like, they, they do their darndest to not mention Spider-Man. Like, you're going out of the way not to, like, even to take off the spider emblem off of Venom. Like, so then what do you sell? What what do you sell at the at the store uh, for T-shirts if it's, if the Venom, Venom symbiote's not, yeah, yeah, okay, so you just get a T-shirt with sell. The, you Lightning sell the Venom it. toy. <laughs> look at this adorable son of a bitch right here. <laughs> look, look at him smiling. Doesn't even need the the Spider Man. They're just like these. They look like snowflakes just running down his back. There you go. Like weird lightning bolts. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no, I completely agree with what you're saying, Mitch. Completely. I feel if Sony is going this route, I feel the smartest move is. So they're using these Spider-Man villains to tell kind of like harrowing, somewhat harrowing um, anti-hero stories, right? Because we can, I'm assuming Kraven isn't going to be like a pure bad guy. I'm assuming Morbius isn't going to be a bad guy either. Venom technically wasn't really a bad guy. It was just like an edgy goofball that just bit people's heads off and called people turds. Um, you okay there, Ian? <laughs> an edgy goofball. That's what he was, dude. Edgy goofball all the way. That's my favorite and thing. I feel if they wanted to do something, I feel they need to go the the DC route with what they've been doing, like with their Academy Award winning film, The Joker, <laughs> and basically just do something gritty, character study. Tell me, okay, see, this is this is my pitch for a movie, right? Goblin, just call it Goblin, and then just give me a backstory on Norman Osborn, make him crazy. Make him unlikable. I will watch that movie. Goblin starring Al Pacino. I watch that. Al Pacino. Wow. All right. All right. So I, it, I have to say it. You pitched a movie called Goblin, and all I could think was Italiano Spider Man. When... <laughs> <laughs> goblin and it's just the it's just the little dude it's just <laughs> i'd watch that i'd watch that i'd watch italian spider-man goblin starring steve buscemi there we go uh, it's 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 set someone give <laughs> thank give, you Ted give Speed. them money uh, so in regards to the sandman stuff 10 speed had some questions yes um <clears throat> is your pitch for Sandman not just the mummy? Damn. Okay. That, that's really no, because Brendan Fraser would not be in the movie. Okay, so that is that is a big part. That's not that that that's the differentiating piece. But Brendan Fraser could be in the movie. Then I just call it Mummy Four, 
Welcome Sandman. That's what I would call it. Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also as far as, you know, with, with the tagline or have somebody in the movie just be like, Oh God, there's sand in my bed. <laughs> and that just made me laugh. I felt like you needed to hear that part. I just imagine a really bad, just eighties camp beef flick horror film. You got a bunch of kids that are like at sleepaway camp and they're just like hanging out like, Hey Ron, you want to come back to my bedroom? And he's like, hell yeah, babe. And they go in and like, where'd all this sand come from? And then it's all of a sudden, it all just kind of comes up and just suffocates them through their nose. <laughs> I watched that movie and then just, you just see Sam and it's like, you better not go to sleep tonight. And then he just goes off and does other things. Would it be a good movie? No. Would I love this movie? Yes. Sandman a- like, was a, a bank robber and like at one point an <laughs> Avenger. Now he's Jason Voorhees. <laughs> That's my bitch. <laughs> it's just a close-up of Sandman's face, and he's just like, ain't no premarital sexing in these parts. And then he disappears into the woods. <laughs> uh, Ted Speed says, a found footage film, kids obscure, <laughs> kids uh, disappeared by Sand Monster. That's the premise of this. Uh, <laughs> Case is here. Hello, Case. Case. Uh, Obligatory Hayden Christensen. I hate sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man! Um, then you know what? That means thing- they should. They need to. They need to cast Hayden Christensen as Sandman. That like. Oh, that's the. Only I would circle. love that. That works. Full circle. Then um, last piece here, and then we can move on and talk about the actual movie we're here to talk about, not this glorious concept that that Rafa just pitched. Um, but as far as what do you sell for the Venom movie, um, yet again, 10 Speed solved it. Um, <clears throat> black, r- like black PVC rubber t shirts. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> God, imagine just wearing that just in Yuma in the middle of summer. Uh, people would, and they would just be like slick and gross and sticky and nasty. And dead. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me uncomfortable. Also, if anybody hasn't seen Italiano Spider-Man, please look it up. It is on YouTube. The whole thing is there. It's fantastic. Um, yes. Thank you. Anyway, Blade 2. Blade 2. Directed this time by Guillermo del Toro. And what a... It's one of those things. Guillermo del Toro has now become you know a household name. People love his movies. They love his style. This idea of, you know monsters not really being the monsters and how you know you can kind of see semblance in that and i think we see a little bit of that here with uh nomak leading the reapers and kind of like him being more of like a villain because of circumstance um even in the end how he spoiler alert dies um i feel like that's very i can see where it's trying to be poetic but at the same time it can also be a little bit like oh okay whatever but regardless of that you can see Guillermo del Toro's touch in all of this from just the way that, you know, the vampire nation, just kind of the way that the castle looks, some of the insides. My favorite thing about this movie is whereas Blade One is a really good introduction to the Blade universe, killing vampires, Wesley Snipes is just cool as fuck. In this movie, now Blade is coming in. He's much more, he's a little bit more relaxed. You see him kind of vibe off of, uh, Mr. Daryl uh, Dixon, specifically um, 
Norman Reedus, right? We see him kind of vibe off of him. We get the paternal father figure with Whistler, which we'll talk about in a second. But on top of that, we also get a lot of horror. And the horror comes in the form of the Reapers from their creepy design with the mandibles. And then even for, I mean, I caught myself, there's like so many fun moments in this. But even when they're in the sewer system looking for these monsters, it actually comes off as creepy and scary. Whereas the first Blade didn't have any horror in it. It was more of like a kung fu gun action flick that just happened to have Blade. This one has a lot of that, but with some real horrifying sequences. And I think that was a real, real cool part. I mean, that's why you get Guillermo del Toro, right? You get those horrifying, that horrifying look that creepy look uh definitely parts where you you were you're you weren't expecting a lot more jump scares um the beginning of this movie the fight scene that he has with those vampires in the streets and stuff like that cgi not so great but like that with 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 notwithstanding like um watching blade fight these guys so easily beating them like I almost I, I forget I forgot like how later on how bad uh uh what's the main reaper's name again? Nomac. Nomac. Nomac just like beats Blade. Like he beats him yep. over and over. He's he's a better, stronger fighter. Uh and you needed that. You need you need him to easily take out vampires one by one so that you understand how more how much more of an enemy Nomak is. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about the uh, wow, I just lost my entire train of thought. Anyway, uh, talking about like you could see the influence uh, straight down into the character design, like right off, right off the bat. Nomak, like you, you are the movie opens on the the blood bank, and you go in, and it's creepy and just gross. And there's like it's a blood bank that just has bugs actively in it and cats running around. And it's like, what? Okay, <laughs> right on. And then um, <clears throat> you get like Nomak just sitting there being this like kind of sick, nervous guy. And that scar down his chin right oh. off the bat, you're like, all right, yep, that that's going to be something because that's here comes the body horror. And you see that again later in the movie after the uh the fight in the the club because every blade movie has to have a club scene yes, because does. like that's the way it goes um so they they go back and they do like the autopsy and they like open him up and like that's that's what you got when you brought him on to do the movie oh yeah uh, <laughs> oh yeah all practical too just the, mm-hmm. just the she drips that blood right into that weird heart orifice that he has uh, and it just jumps back to life. Like that thing is creepy as fuck. Um, I want to talk, and this is this is something that I like really wanted to other people to to chime in on. The whole look of Nomak, like it is so different than Blade and just about everything else in this movie. Like the way he dresses like a homeless person, like his look as if he's constantly sick. Like what? Did, I yeah. I like what was Guillermo del Toro trying to get across with 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 that look with that design? 
I think it's two levels, right? I think it's the dichotomy of him being the exact opposite of Blade, right? Because the whole thing is the vampire nation, the head vampire guy, he's talking about how, as we learn, no, no, no Mac is a failed experiment, right? He is a supposed evolutionary chain of what the vampires could be, becoming a parasitic life form. Whereas Blade is also another form of evolution going a separate way where he is a daywalker and he can go off and do other things, right? So they're aiming for a form of perfection. So it's two very different forms. Blade can walk in sunlight, but he he is the way that he is. He wears his leather. He has his shades on, looks perpetually cool all the time. (laughs) And then with Nomak, we've got, yes, he looks thick. His skin is very pale, and he has some very strong features. Like the Reapers, I feel like Guillermo del Toro really got a inspirational look from you know the original vampire Nosferatu, and I think that really shows in that as well. And I think that's kind of what some of the things that he's trying to showcase with that dichotomy. How it's kind of a, it's this movie is a film about family, right? Whereas in Blade One, we got Blade and Whistler, and kind of got to see a sense of how they were father and son. But it wasn't really played out enough. And this movie, even though I have qualms with how uh, Goyer wrote Whistler back into the film, that doesn't matter to me because ultimately I get to have Whistler and Blade. And Whistler's a little bit more curmudgeon-y. He's more angry. But you can see that he does love Blade and Blade loves him. And so it's like that father and son. Whereas with the head of the vampire nation, he's the father to, to, to Nomak. And it's, it's, again, father and sons. So that makes kind of, I think, Blade and Novak brothers in this horrible world. And they're on opposite ends. And the whole movie, I felt I just want them to be friends. Because, you know, Novak said many times, right, isn't the enemy of my enemy my friend or my enemy? And, I mean, they have their showdown. They keep fighting each other. The first encounter on top of the the rafters of whatever that space was that and how they're the fighting – and they're just they're just falling in slow motion, and Novak is still punching Blade as they're hitting the ground. Like it's those kinds of scenes where I'm like, okay, this is very interesting. I feel Del Toro was really trying to bring in that sense of family and what family does, and how in a different universe under di- different circumstances, you know, it could have been different as far as the family dynamics. You you keep saying family, and now I just want. A Fast and the Furious Blade movie. I mean, he has that charger, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't be against it. I. I kind of need that, where Blade is like, "I've got this charger," and Vin Diesel is over here like, "I've got this family," <laughs> and Blade is like, "I'll trade you," and then they like, I don't know. He's like, "No, we never give up on family." He's like, "I'll race you for it." I live my life killing vampires one quarter mile at a time. <laughs> I mean, in a sense, he does have a sense of family with that, with a blood pack, right? This, this, this pack of notorious comical vampires that were all trained to kill Blade. Led, well, I don't know if they were necessarily led by Ron Perlman, but God, Ron Perlman. That no, man. they. I, 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 I can't believe that Nissa was their was their leader. Ron Perlman definitely was like the second in command. So, real fast, um, Case just said, the hasty and the hungry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I absolutely appreciate that. Thank you. 
Thank you, Case. That that was very good. Anyway, I like that. back to talking about uh, the the group of vampires trained to kill Blake. Because I have thoughts on this, but more so in the who I would have recasted to make it better. Okay. Okay. Uh, first, I'd, I'd like to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 go into that. Who who would you? Because I want to tell you this right now. They did my man Donnie Yen dirty with this movie. Like, oh, yeah. so dirty. Not only did they cast him and and uh, made him act in this movie, or got him to act in this movie, they also had him choreograph all the fights of this movie, and then yep. kill him off screen. What the hell? And it's weird too because yeah, you feel like his character is so underutilized, so and underutilized. he's so cool. Because, you know, he's quiet, he's got the sword, he looks badass. But it is interesting to note, out of all of the blood pack, not including Blade, of course, he's the only one that does any damage to any of the Reapers. Because everyone else just gets fucked up, right? Mm -hmm. We got Priest in his beautiful Scottish accent just getting obliterated and killed immediately. We got Verlaine and Lighthammer doing their thing. And that, that scene always scares me. Because Lighthammer just looks really cool. They look like a World of Warcraft party or a D&D party together oh, that yeah. are just kind of going on. We're going on this mission, and then they all just kind of get killed. So you bring up Priest. Priest is the first one that I would have recast. With Malfoy? Okay. Because, because they look the same? With, with what? With Malfoy, because they look the same? Uh, no. <laughs> but, like, now that you say that, I love that. Um... No, uh, every single time I see him, I want him to be Alan Tudyk. Oh, okay. Really? Yes, yeah. every single time I see him, he's just got this, like, like the way that he carries himself and that, like, little shitty grin that he always has of, like, hey, hey, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> like, that just, it just feels like an Alan Tudyk character to me, especially with, and I feel bad for this, with how quickly he dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh. Like, you bring Alan Tudyk in, you're like, all right, so you're going to be on set for a day. Like, <laughs> we know you're a busy man doing a million other things. Come on in for a day. You'll play priest. You're going to get eaten in this scene. And then you're on about your way. But I don't know. Just for some reason, that's that's who that would have been. And um, <clears throat> the the other one that always jumps out to me is that if this movie was made anywhere near, like, recently... The dude with the chainmail shirt and like the Chewbacca. big drum magazine would have been a Hemsworth. <laughs> speaking I of about Chupa, yeah, do you speak of Chupa? Yeah, that who was in a was in two Fast and the Furious movies. There we That's go. True. That's true. The the link continues, <laughs> but it would have it would have been a Hemsworth that would have been if if they had cast it. Currently, one of the brothers would have been that guy, chainmail shirt, big gun that he's too cool to put a second hand on, by the way. Maybe you would have killed the guy if you used both your hands, you idiot. Uh, I mean, that would be Luke Hemsworth. It would be the third Hemsworth brother, the one that was on Westworld, if, if anybody. It doesn't matter. It's a Hemsworth at the end of the day. Fair you enough. can You can then, you have name clout to throw on the poster. <laughs> yeah. uh, you just keep the Luke part <laughs> really point. small. It's still no. a Hemsworth. You know what? Those make sense. I can kind of get behind that. Chupa was whatever. Uh, Priest dies comically. They did Danny and Dirty, of course. Snowman. Mm-hmm. Um, Reinhardt, you know, looking at uh, Mr. Uh, Ron Perlman. I like to think that it, that, uh, 
uh, Wesley Snipes actually put a remote detonation device for real on uh, Ron Perlman's head just just to play with him on, on set. But that of course, great. that didn't happen. But I just imagine just like, hey, Wes, and then just that that's how committed they are to their craft. Right. Um, to me, is that I wanted to see more with Assad, the second vampire, like mm-hmm. when they go and they attack, right? Uh, Whistler and them at the beginning. I thought he was going to have more of a role. And I liked him overall. He didn't see he was cool, calm, collected, gets killed by Reapers in the pool immediately. And then I like the concept of Nissa. I just wish the actress was better cast. Nothing against her, but she was very stiff and her line delivery was bad. And the only thing that I really didn't like about this movie was the romance that was brought in. Um, I didn't vibe with her and Wesley Snipes' um, chemistry. So to me, I just felt like that was a very big like, uh eh. This is the only thing of the movie that I don't really care for. Huh. Like I, that. I Nothing against her, but she was just bad. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they had yeah. good chemistry, though. Like, I, I kind of believed in that relationship. Like, I, I, maybe I'm putting a little bit too much into it, but I feel Blade's, like, internal struggle of, do I care for this person? A vampire? The thing that I've been killing my whole life? Like, do I? Like that, and then at the end, yes, he he does. Yeah, I just feel like if the, the actress had like a stronger performance for me personally, I feel like I would have bought that a little bit more because I think it was just a little. It it didn't go all the way there for me. Okay, I feel like I feel like they needed to write Blade to have some sort of um, <clears throat> like romance issues, given the whole scene with his mom at the end of the first one. That was just weirdly uncomfortable. Where he's like, "I don't, I don't know if I can do this, guys." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that might mess you up a little bit. <laughs> right. I thought my mom was dead, and then suddenly she's not dead, and like, I don't know if she's hitting on me or if she's just like glad that I'm not dead or what, but she also told me that she's not my mom and I could prove she's my mom. So I'm really uncomfortable. It's all very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really weird scene. Ah, man. But I, I did love Ron Perlman in this movie. So, yeah, I mean, when do you not love Ron Perlman? Ron Perlman just kind of is great and everything. (laughs) Uh, 10 speed, 10 speed said she wants a, a crimson chin movie starring Ron Perlman. (laughs) <laughs> I'd be very on board for this. Yes. Yes, like please. <clears throat> um, so going back to a thing that Rafa alluded to earlier with uh, the bringing back of Whistler, that plus the ending like climax of getting Blade back into the game, you know, just having him fall into the pool of blood kind of thing. Both of those just felt like, yeah, like the lazy, lazy bit of writing. Um, Whistler, I I feel like they could have done something else. They could have brought in a different character because it doesn't really make any sense. Like, did he go back to their place after he killed um, Frost and wondered, like, where's the body? Where's Whistler's body kind of thing or not? Like, did he just never go back there? How, How is it that the body just went missing? Yeah, I. It my head canon is because we we see him shoot himself, and then we well we don't see him shoot himself, we but we him. hear it. We see his hand fall down to elude, assume that he shot himself. Right. 
So I'm thinking like maybe Blade left and then there's still a vampire there. Maybe he grabs his hand, still shoots the gun and then takes him away. Um, and then Blade eventually goes back and sees that Whistler's body isn't there. And he hears rumblings about how they still have him. So, I mean, that's kind of how I make it make sense in my head. I feel they just wanted to bring him back. And I agree with what you're saying, Mitch. I felt using um, Scud, right, using Norman Reedus' character, I I really liked that character. I thought he brought that charm, that aloof sense of, hey, guys, what's going on? I watch Powerpuff Girls and I make cool explosives. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that and I felt he could have been good on his own. But I liked the relationship that him and Blade and Whistler all together created because you have Blade on one end who was very stoic in the first movie. But now by have been around Norman Reedus's character, we see him crack more jokes. We see him be much more like laid back. And then Whistler comes and is like, what the fuck is happening? You guys are messing with my stuff. I thought that stuff was really cool and important. And I feel it would have been more thematic if uh, going into Trinity, right, we continue to see that evolve. But unfortunately, we don't for a couple of different reasons. I just put it together. Blade, Blade 3 is Blade Trinity because there's a trinity of H's in it. <laughs> <laughs> You oh, go. you gotta that's save that exactly material for right. the future. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, that's a good. That's good. And going back to the pool of blood scene, right? We know what's going on. We know what's gonna happen. We know Blade's gonna fall into that pool of blood. We know that's gonna revitalize him. Still cool as shit. I don't care what anybody says. When Blade goes ham, he drinks that blood. He slowly gets up. He sees Ron Perlman. Kills him so easily. The bad guys are coming. And then, you know, he gets his sunglasses and then proceeds to murder every single vampire cop in the complex to the point where he puts one of them in a vertical suplex and just gives them just the money. I'm all about that. That is one of the best things I've ever seen in these movies. And I will say right now, not ironically, not nothing. Blade 1 and Blade 2... They are the most enjoyable and arguably the best Marvel films pre-MCU, more so than X2, more so than the Fantastic Four, arguably more so than Spider-Man 2. Wow. Those, that's, that's a, a big, big gauntlet. That's a big gauntlet. When, uh, when Malfoy is on for Spider-Man 2, I'm going to bring that up. <laughs> and... Yeah, I think I think y'all need to have a conversation. Uh, he's on Twitter also at Alex Lusardi. Get at him and just ask him his opinions on Spider Man Two. Hey, Spider Man Two, great film. I still think it holds up. I still think it's the best Spider Man film we've ever gotten. And I have really fond memories of Spider Man One, watching it in the theater with my dad. But for me, when I'm going back and I'm rewatching these movies, no other movies bring a better sense of joy or more iconic moments, such as. The, the the Reaper being opened and then giving it the blood in its heart colon like you just talked about, Mitch. Um, or even just some of the other scenes where we talked about in the first movie, his introduction and everybody's covered in blood and he's not covered in blood. He just shows up and kills the shit out of everybody. I think Blade is always going to have the more iconic moments and he's always going to be so damn cool. And that's why I think they are overall more enjoyable films, no matter what. But again, that's that's my take on it. Um, I do need to rewatch Spider-Man 2. So, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe. But I do stand by. It's better than 
all the X-Men films. It's better than all the Fantastic Fours and everything else. So I, I have two things to bring up. One is something of mine, and one is something from chat. Um, actually, you know what? We're just going to go straight to the chat one because I forgot my point. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, Case hanging out in chat says, Whistler should have turned and been the main villain that Blade has to parlay with. That would have and been I, I would have loved that. Because they were kind of setting that up with the whole, like, Whistler left his post. And, yep. like, uh, at the club scene and everything like that. Like, Whistler did a lot of really shady things in this movie that don't pay off, I think. Um, so having him hang out and be, like, buddies with Nomak from, like, forever ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, nah, like way back, like I met Novak and he's killing vampires too, so we ain't got beef. And then now Whistler's kind of a vampire, but not really. Um, so then you just have this weird, like, the violence triangle. I don't know what you'd call it. Um, Blade trying to kill the both of them because. Nomak is an awful person, and now Whistler's trying to kill Blade. But Nomak is also trying to kill Whistler because are you? I don't know what you are. I think you're a vampire. I mean, it would like, work I out. think that would have been cool. I mean, I I would have liked it too if like Whistler ended up having to get bit to save Blade, like kind of a thing. Like he would have forced himself to become a vampire so that he could make it past Reinhardt, get to Blade throw blade into the blood pool but like he didn't accept to to take the he's like i can't survive going through the uh the reversal again kind of thing so they Mm -hmm. they have to parlay like like case said um i remember my second point i'm sorry it's okay why is it that every time blade loses loses his sunglasses you know that when he gets his sunglasses back, it's about to get real. That's <laughs> just that's the appeal of Blade, you know. I mean, you like don't... he gets his sunglasses back, he puts them on, and it's just like <laughs> like that. That like baseline comes in, and you're just like, oh fuck, here we go. <laughs> you, you, you know, someone just fucked up. That, that's that's what <laughs> right. happens there, right? And it, like Wesley Snipes was born to play this role, and. Watching this movie, there were two, like, again, I rewatched the movie, like, two or three times this weekend just because I love it that much. There are two specific scenes in this movie that always make me go, yes, no doubt this is what movie, this is what cinema at its peak is. The first one is Blade coming out of the blood pool. As cheesy and stupid as it is, I love it. And again, that vertical suplex is something that I never expected to see in this movie. There's and a then lot the of second wrestling thing, moves and the in most important, there is nothing cooler there is nothing cooler than the slow motion walk that the the blood pack does walk into the house of pain and then uh, massive attack and most deaths eye against eye stretch plane and that is just the coolest i've ever felt just thinking about it is giving me goosebumps because it just makes me feel cool as shit and i wasn't even in the movie but i feel bad as fuck (laughs) so what how how much do you think it would have changed the scene if instead of most of they had House of Pain's jump around as they were walking to House of Pain. <laughs> would have been a little on the nose. It wouldn't be as good. <laughs> it would be significantly different. 
<laughs> jump around as they're like fighting vampires. <laughs> also, also, can we talk about how this is the second film now out of these two films? So we have a perfect ratio of just Blade being drained of his blood. Like in the first one, he's put in that crazy machine. And in this one, he's put in another machine. And it's just the whole thing with Blade. It's like, we're, we're going to take all the blood out your body. That's what I was saying. Like it literally is the same ending from both movies, or at least the yep. the beginning of the third act. It's like drain all of his blood. He gets soup. He gets blood back somehow. This time falling into a pool as opposed to sucking it out of uh, the female lead. And then he, he he's souped up. He's super crazy. Like he's gotten real blood now. It's not just the serum. So he's even more amped up and and powerful. Yep. I think I think that's the moment. It's not Blade got his sunglasses back. It's Blade finally had real blood. He broke ve- like he broke vampire <laughs> vegan edge. And now he just has all of this just like in his body. But he knows that like he's actually he's actually a vampire vegan, so he's going to go back on his like diet after this fight, but he needs to get real people blood to be able to fight. That's right. <laughs> Good point, yes. <laughs> to be at his full power. Uh, yeah, it, like I was saying earlier, there's a lot, it seems like there's a lot of wrestling moves in this movie. Like there's the part where Nomak comes flying from the other, like the other side of the the building with a flying elbow. And I remember in the theater him hitting that and just thinking, flying elbow. All right. So do you think if a lot of these, if a lot of these moves were choreographed by Donnie Yen, do you think Donnie Yen is a big WWE fan? That's what I was about probably. to ask. I'm, he's probably a New Japan wrestling fan. Like, let's be real. Yep, yep that's the point. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but if we look to the future, who would have helped choreograph these? None other than One the game Hunter himself. <laughs> it would have been Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise would have choreographed these fights. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there's uh, no. If Tom Cruise had any help in this movie, there would have been at least one scene of Blade in like a full out sprint, just yep. for some reason to get to the motorcycle. As always, Which, he needs to ride a motorcycle more often in these movies. I'm just gonna put that out there. Uh, like when he's riding the, he steals the motorcycle from the guy because he like shoots him with the silver bullets and he like evaporates and he's like, "This is my motorcycle now." I'm like, "That's so cool," like. That scene, uh, that moment right there, he steals the motorcycle, stops it before he hits his own car, looks in the rearview mirror, and then kisses at himself, just like, hey, what up? And then goes back to it. Bri- is he kissing Why at is Blade himself? such a cool dude? I thought he was kissing huh? at the car. Like he's looking in the mirror, and he's just like, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's what I got, too. <laughs> that's that's so, just that much better. <laughs> right. <laughs> And I said it again at the top of the show before we started recording. I love Blade, but fuck you, Wesley Snipes, for committing tax crimes. <laughs> so we can't get this character again. So we can't get you as this character there you again. Go, that one, yeah, because yeah. I kind of want old guy Blade. <laughs> oh, I love old man Blade. Yes, give it to us. Like that'd be great. Where he's the whistler now to somebody else. I feel like that's just like. I, that should be the next Marvel comic book, Old Man Blade. Or would it be Old Man Brooks? Old Daywalker Blade. Yeah. <laughs> the the so aging then, Daywalker. So then overall, what would you guys think? So how did you, did you guys like Blade 2? 
Oh, absolutely. Always. Yes. Literally, now, all three movies are like neck to neck of like where they're at for me. Trinity just happens to go a little bit further up. And I know see, it's blasphemous. I think, I think Blade 2 is the one that goes up for me. Yeah. And I think that's just because of Ron Perlman's character. And see, on my end, and again, the trifecta, the perfect trinity of us, I think Blade 1 will always have the more iconic moments, and that's yes. why it'll always be my, my top, but by a little bit, because I love Blade 2, and... I love Trinity. People talk shit about Trinity, but Trinity is still a really good movie. And so I'm, I'm excited. that magic bollocks. Yeah. Like I'm excited to talk about Trinity with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so what, what's the toy I, from this? Yep. That's right. And you know what my, my, my toy set for this house of pain and you get you get the people with the body modification and the that guy getting worked on on his back like that that creeped me the fuck out the first time i ever saw and i was an adult when i saw that shit the one that always gets me from that scene is the people making out but they cut their tongues first yeah yep like oh it's so gross (laughs) i just want i want a I want like a collection of reaper toys and that you like you press the back and their mandibles ex- oh, like expand. Oh, that would be great. That's what I want. See, my uh I want a uh, the the church rafters that has a, a blade and a nomad. Mm-hmm. Um and I also want sold separately and individually uh the reaper that got pinned to the wall and then rips himself off the wall like over like through the sword. <laughs> Like I, oh. I want that one that's all like busted open at the bottom. Because every time I'm just like, oh, I forgot that happens. That's so painful. You're gross. There's <laughs> just so much body horror in this movie. It is it is so different. I, I do I do have a really weird question, but it's one that I was thinking of when I was watching this movie. Who wins? And it's it's wild. Two completely different places. A group of reapers? Or a group of xenomorphs. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> they kind of do the same thing. You know what I mean? Where yeah. there's just like an endless number of them, it seems. So like, who's the more endless number? <laughs> I feel like the Reapers or the xenomorphs could outlast the Reapers. Seeing as how they... Plus like, would, yeah, if, if the Reapers suck the blood of the xenomorph, is, is it going to be like the acid blood? It would be the acid blood, so they already have that that would work that would not work for them because it would just dissolve through them. Also, xenomorphs can walk during daylight, and they don't need to feed necessarily. Whereas reapers do. The only one Novak, yeah, he's the only one that doesn't, but everyone else they they deteriorate. That makes sense. Thank you for answering that. I was just thinking, like in a straight up ten on ten, like let's throw hands, like it's like a gang rumble. I feel like that'd be kind of wild to watch. Okay, but that you're yeah, you're hundred percent. No, but you're you're hundred percent right. Like I think end of the day it it goes to to the xenomorphs. If we're talking cross country, yes, xenomorphs <laughs> all day. If we're talking about a a one hundred meter dash, them all in a room fighting, I still think the xenomorphs win just because a reaper could tear a xenomorph apart, but then yeah. that blood would just fuck them all up. Yeah. It's like in uh, 
Alien vs. Predator when they cut the alien's tail off and the alien just starts like flipping it around trying to get the acid on everybody? Yeah. yeah. All right. No. <clears throat> Completely out of the nowhere question, but thank you for humoring me. I appreciate you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, since I'm just stealing all the questions at this point, um, what would you like to see in the like from this and the MCU in the future? Is there anything? Is there anything that stands out to you? Because me, I would love to see Blade and Ghost Rider. Ooh, Blade and Ghost like Rider. That. Okay. Like I'd love to see them hang out and just be like, so you collect souls. Yeah, you fight vampires? Damn right. Cool. <laughs> I mean, For me, I from this movie specifically, not so much anything with the characters. I would love to see Guillermo del Toro direct an MCU film. Ooh. I would the question is, see him which direct. one? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking, right? Like, I think he could do a really good uh, man thing. I think that that would be right up his alley. Um, I feel like if they did do it, like when they eventually do do the Ghost Rider, I think he could do a great Ghost Rider as well. Mm-hmm. Adding some of those supernatural elements, and then I I would have liked to see him do a Doctor Strange film. I just wonder Ooh. what that would look like. That would look like we would get very like eldritch horror mm-hmm. very quickly, mm-hmm. and seeing uh, Guillermo del Toro do the eldritch horror stuff. It would be awesome because he could like really tap Pan's Labyrinth again for that. It's true. And That's we could get another one of those like creepy hand eyeball guys. <laughs> Which means oh, Doug fuck. Jones. The gets correct to be answer. Gilmo del Toro should have done should have done the Eternals. I mean, we have a Academy Award winning director doing the Eternals, so we can't be true. But give him give him Eternals too. Electric Come Boogaloo. Back. Electric, Electric Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Or here comes the sand. I mean, <laughs> here comes the sand. <laughs> uh, yeah, what what Marvel character does lend themselves to Eld- Eldritch horror? I don't know. I think that it would probably be Doctor Strange dealing with the multiverse that way and just other dimensions. Okay. Um, or if you want to go with like Eldritch beings exist on our same plane, but they're just like cosmic. Then anybody out in space can deal with Eldritch Horror. Okay. Yeah. That would or be cool. um, Namer could deal with Eldritch Horror in the Marianas Trench. Okay. That'd be really cool, Ian. That's, that's, I've never heard of that. That sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> Something like, else I like to see is so one of my favorite characters, I love Ileana Rasputina, magic from X Men. And she deals a lot with like limbo and like demons. So if like Gilmo del Toro, and like if we ever do get to the point where we can have standalone good X Men films, if they ever did a magic, I would think he'd do a great magic film. Starring Anya Taylor-Joy because I did like her Ziliana. I would recast, but that's okay. That's just me. I, I would recast, but just to be, um, just to, to not be different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sound like the lame one here. So yeah, I, I recast that. Hell yeah. You're, you're, you're dumb, Rafi. <laughs> I'm joking. No, you're not. I love you, and I value your opinion, and I would never be mean like that to you, and I hope you understand and realize that. Uh, what about Dr. Doom? Ooh. Guillermo del Toro doing cool. Dr. Doom. See, I was just thinking if we had him do a, a Fantastic Four movie, just because like the the practical effects that I feel like he could do for uh, Thing. Yeah. And for... Um, 
uh, for Reed Richards would be really cool. That is true. Every other iteration, it's either been like, wow, thing looks great. And Reed Richards looked like trash or vice versa. <laughs> I'm just, you know, as long as they recast Michael Chiklis, hell yeah. You know, that, that's all I want. That's all he wants. <laughs> uh, all right. That's Blade 2. We've gotten through it. Woo! We're going to get to the next one. Uh, Rafa, where can people find you online? People can find me on Twitter as Mobile Rafi Entertainment on the Go. I also sometimes review movies whenever I get to it on my other channel on Twitter called Rafa at the Movies. But really, if you want to get some awesome pictures of my action figures or you want to see my new little puppy Coco, you can catch me on YouTube in Mobile Rafi. And I also write comic editorials on geekelitemedia.com. And I need to put this out there. You you need to go take a peek at Rafa's new puppy because, oh, my God. He's so cute. Like, I what an him. actual cutie. <laughs> he's he's chaos he just bites everything and he won't stop jumping on things he keeps he keeps hitting his head on stuff just because he keeps jumping on everything i love that also rafa has one of the coolest action figure collections i think i've ever seen right so just like this venom action figure look at him look at him. lightning lightning venom <laughs> were there any action figures that came out of blade 2 probably I mean, if they had them for Blade 1, they had to have had them for Blade 2. Right. Okay. And I think now there would be, especially with, like, specialty runs. Yeah. Like, McFarlane Toys has to have picked up Blade stuff at some point. Because it's a McFarlane, like, McFarlane Toys being like, ooh, there's something kind of gross that we can make a toy out of? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. You would. I would love, like... To go back one question here really quick, I'm sorry. I would love a Play Arts Kai figure of Blade. I don't know what that means. Because that would be... That'd be sick. Anyway, sorry. But but with McFarlane toys, you might have gotten your one guy that's like walking up the wall with his innards falling out after the sword. (laughs) That's why why I think McFarlane toys would have done it. Ian, where can people find you online? So, hi, if you're here, then you already know where the hell I am. If you're not here, shame on you. But it's okay. I'll forgive you if you come by next time. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Ianflux. We record this live on Twitch. So if you want to be part of the conversation, I've been reading stuff out from chat all night. Come hang out. You can also find me on Twitter at Ianflux12 and on Instagram, which I'm starting to use more often because my wife was like, you should use your Instagram more. Um, you can find me there at Ian Flux. So altogether, that's I A N F L U X, and on Twitter, that's I A N F L U X. The numbers one, two. Hey, Mitch, I heard that you have an online presence, and maybe there's also a Patreon, and maybe other things that you need to tell them about that I maybe have forgotten. You can find me online if you go to Twitter. You can find me at at Mitchipedia G E M. G E M stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, GeekElitemedia.com. Uh, we do have a Patreon page. It's Patreon.com slash Geek Elite Media. We get no exclusive way. material that only our patrons have access to. And it's, it's good stuff. Uh, if if you if you subscribe to the Patreon, you might get uh, something from Drunk Mitch telling you how much that that he loves and appreciates you. <laughs> and if you subscribe at the highest tier, Mitch will be forced to hang out with you. Hey, maybe get <laughs> drunk and give you the drunk love. <laughs> uh, but yes, um, 
go go to our Patreon. We we have some pretty good exclusives. <laughs> and if you want to support us in another way, please rate and review us on whatever podcatcher you use to uh, listen to us. But until next time, this is Journey into Mystery on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast.